Welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Blazing the Path, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, Nuck If You Buck, Spanning the Spurs, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, Thunderous Applause, and the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and the Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey everybody, welcome back. I am your host, Justin Matcham, in here with me today on this Sunday afternoon. Dan Galinsky, Mason Cole, both from King James Gospel. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Yep, no complaints here. Thanks for having us as always. No problem. Obviously, like you said, no real complaints. The Cavaliers are playing well. They beat Memphis 94 to 90 in a good game. They also lost to the Bucks last night 100 to 90. Uh, bring the Cavs to a 5-5 five and five record. Been really two of, I mean, obviously we know um, John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. didn't play for the Grizzlies in the first game. And in the second one, the Bucks were without Giannis. I wouldn't really make that any excuse for the other team, though, because, again, the Cavaliers were without, I don't even know at this point, seven players. All of their guards, except for Damian Dotson and Kevin Love, so <laughs> I'd say that the, the matchup, at least the, the injuries were despite some pretty major ones for the other teams evenly distributed if not you know leaning more for the Cavs but anyway like I said they played well um we've seen some interesting things in these two games between uh lineup combinations and just you know guys getting you know an increased responsibility um especially with a guy like you know Damian Dotson who's the only team's guard having to run a lot of point have the ball a lot um Jetty Osmond with an increased role on the ball uh, and just some really, really huge lineups. They, you know, last night ran three centers and a power forward um, with Larry, Thon, (laughs) Andre Drummond, and JaVale McGee on the floor all at the same time. Uh, Mason, we can start with you. What have your thoughts been from these first couple of games? Or I keep saying first, but like these last couple of games, um, you know, just. What have you thought about this, you know, really kind of odd play style, these odd lineup combinations, and just the team's performance as a whole? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it's been pretty impressive, I would have to say, you know, especially since, you know, the Cavs are missing, uh, they were missing a gigantic chunk of their offensive uh, firepower in both Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, two guys who have played you know, good basketball so far this season. And, you know, they're able to go out and still get these victories uh, over the, they got a, vic- you know, victory over the Grizzlies, victory over, um, or they didn't get a victory over the Bucks, but they made it, you know, close game still. Uh, I think it's been impressive. You know, J.B. Biggerstaff said that they were going with a kind of old school style approach. And I think that that definitely would be, you know, the way to phrase it with, you know, a lot of the offensive emphasis being placed on Andre Drummond, getting him kind of those low post touches. But I would have to say, you know, 
arguably the most impressive uh, part of these last few games has been Larry Nance uh, Jr. stepping up in, in his role as the starting power forward. I think he's played very well, but, you know, there was a lot of talk about J.B. Bickerstaff trying to bring that sort of grit and grind mentality to these Cavaliers, and I think that these past two games, even though they weren't able to get a victory uh, over the Bucks, I think that you've kind of seen that sort of grittiness from the Cavs in these past uh, couple performances. Yeah, I think, and that is just the thing, it's just, you know, it's funny that they played Memphis as one of these two matchups because it is like the Cavaliers are pretty much the new grit and grind of the league. Obviously, you know, on everybody's seen that the Cavaliers are at least like efficiency based, you know, they're one of the worst offensive teams in the league right now and the best defensive team. The Cavs are winning with defense. I mean, they've been holding teams to, I mean, obviously the Bucks got to 100, but, you know, past that, you know, they, they've been holding teams to sub 100 point games. You know, consistently, and obviously the offense is in the mud. That's because <laughs> obvious reasons. Again, no, you know, for these last two games, no Colin Sexton, not having Kevin Love, not having Dylan Windler. You know, a, a flurry of other guys. Kevin Porter Jr. would help with all of that. But uh, Dan, how have you thought they've looked through these these past couple of games? Just the, through the clunkiness and the grittiness and all of it. Yeah, it's just been good to see uh, the Cavs kind of put on their hard hats and just kind of grind their way into these games uh even in past game had a 1.19 point deficit at least made it interesting and just have found a way to um as you and mason kind of noted um just find a way um no matter uh just if they've had to they've had to really experiment with these lineups and um, just have found a way to just force their way into the paint uh, in stretches here and have just gotten deflections, have at least moved the ball when in key stretches. And it's at least, though the um, efficiency hasn't been great, it's at least gotten some key baskets at times, uh, at least against Memphis. And it was good to see. I think Larry Nance was three or four from three uh, last night, and um, or I guess Saturday night rather. And it's it's just nice to see. I think it, the way he's been able to at least contribute in other areas. But I think that Memphis game could could have kind of been a way to get him going. And um, I, I just think it's whether I'm a huge Andre Drummond fan or not he's he's playing with a lot of effort and which has been kind of a hot button thing at least their narrative has been which is fair and he's given all that effort and I give him credit for that yeah for against a team like the Bucks last night and again they were without Giannis but for them to you know it seemed like the entire game was the Bucks kind of seeming like and eh, they might get away with this you know they have a 10 point lead a 13 point lead a 15 point lead and every single time the Cavaliers were able to claw themselves back into it. Obviously, you know, it, it never was, you know, something that they could go, you know, back over and take over the game. Um, obviously, Bobby Portis was red hot in the beginning. He had like 10, 10 straight points at one point. Um, Chris Middleton just kind of took over late for him. Um, you know, I mean, not a whole lot you can do against that for this team right now. You know, I mean, he just, he had it going. But, um Overall, just a guy like Andre Drummond to, you know, like you said, 
stay engaged, stay focused, and, you know, through those kind of down spots, be able to, you know, keep playing at a high level and keep playing hard and keep the team in it. Um, Against Memphis, had 22 points and 15 rebounds. Against Milwaukee last night, 26 points and 24 rebounds. I mean, that's... That, that's playing hard. Um, Mason, what have you thought about Andre Drummond in these past couple of games? I've been impressed with... Uh, I, I've really been impressed with uh, Andre really the entire season, but yeah, these last two games specifically. And, you know, I think you guys alluded to it, but really a key for him, at least from what I have seen, is that a lot of these games he's been engaged he's been you know focused on what's going on and you know sometimes that'll slip sometimes he'll have kind of a an awkward offensive possession or he'll take a three for whatever reason but overall uh, I would say he's been engaged he's been you know focused on these games especially defensively and you know he's been able you know he's one of the league leaders in deflections I think it was but you know a lot of the talk when the Cavs brought Andre Drummond over from Detroit was whether or not they'd be able to keep him sort of focused, motivated and engaged because we know he has the, you know, talent and potential and all that. And, you know, in these last couple of games, I think we've seen that and hopefully they'll be able to sort of keep him going because, you know, when Andre Drummond is is focused and locked in, uh, he can be a beast, especially, you know, offensively, defensively, especially on the boards. And uh, we've seen that these past few games. And, you know, again, the key is just kind of keeping him in that sort of mindset. But, yeah, Andre Drummond has been has been very impressive uh, recently. And we just talk about being locked in. And I think, you know, last season in the, the limited amount of time that the Cavaliers did have him, I think that, you know, it, part of the reason that we, was, we were so skeptical about what he'd bring this year was because he didn't really seem very locked in in those, you know, few games that he played. Um, just... It, it kind of just doing whatever the heck he, the heck he wanted with the ball, you know, just taking threes that he shouldn't have been taking. And granted, that's still been there. I mean, you have a play. I think it was against the Grizzlies, where I mean, everybody's seen it at this point. Um, but him standing on the elbow for like ten seconds and not passing to anybody, and then basically just driving and throwing the ball I don't even know where but uh, and, and you still have moments like that you still have the moments where you know he, he tries to do a little bit too much on a post up um, you, you have you know times when what seems like you know a pretty makeable shot for him just is still one of those kind of bad breaks you know that the touch is still kind of a problem at times but at the other time you know I mean like I said we're not seeing him take I've I've been impressed that Andre has not been taking threes at the rate that I kind of thought he would. Like I, I honestly I would not have been surprised if you had told me through the first ten games, which is where we're at right now, Andre Drummond averaged two three pointers a game, if not more. Like he's taken probably what six at this point, if I had to guess, maybe seven. I I'd have to look and see exactly how many he's taken. But the fact that he is at least you know focusing his game around the rim more so than trying to you know, expand into, into areas that we knew he shouldn't have expanded into. Um, I, I have been impressed with, even if I think he should be making more of the shots and there are some bad misses, I, I think that I've, I've been impressed with his shot selection so far. Yeah, 0 of 6, that's um, it. 0 of 6, that's it. <laughs> he hasn't made one. I thought he 
Maybe it was the preseason where he made yeah, one. Yeah, I think he did in preseason, but, um, yeah. I think it was like it was like a buzzer beater, I think, too. Oh, he did have the buzzer beater, yeah. Yeah, didn't he yeah. have like a half-court something? Yeah, I think that I don't was... Remember. He, he the... had a half-court buzzer beater, and then it maybe... I think it was... Against the Knicks, he hit one of them, too. Yeah, it might have. So maybe he hit two in the preseason. Yeah, I think he might have, yeah. I think you're right. But, uh... So, either way, I mean, you know, I, I can live with... And especially when uh, there are so many injuries, of, and we'll get to, you know... One some, of two. One of, I, I one swear, of two I'm with you. I thought he, I really thought he made two, but. Yeah. Well, in the preseason, yeah, it says he only took two. Yeah, it says he only took two on the NBA website. So, huh? huh. Definitely felt like yeah, more. Yeah, it did. It really <laughs> did. But. Yeah, I, I, huh. I don't know. Huh? Weird. But anyway, you know, talking just when the lineups are as limited as they are right now, and you know the the, the amount of people that can create shots, I'm okay in these situations if Andre has to, you know take on a little bit more on-ball responsibility just because there's... I mean, uh, normally you wouldn't want him taking those opportunities away from, you know, Garland and Sexton. You wouldn't want him, you know, doing that when you could be getting Love's touches. Uh, Would you agree with me, Dan, that, you know, (laughs) I think at least through this, you know, injured stretch, Drummond has a little bit of a longer leash? Yeah, for sure. And just for a quick note, yeah, he was 2 of 5 in the preseason, never mind. Um, oh, okay, but, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But, yeah, I think right now with how the Cavs are just so depleted and, and really, I mean, it's it's Dotson at the guard, at least for natural guards. You, you, it's something that, yeah, you have to at least kind of – you got to give more of a longer leash just because we, we need it. And the Cavs need to kind of just will their way to the rim if, if need be and – Drummond, while it is, I mean, he'll make or miss a, a lot of just shots. Like, there was a couple hooks yesterday that were just rocks from about five feet and just looked like they were just line drives right at the basket from five feet. No rotation. But when he just puts his head down and goes, he's hard to stop. And it, it kind of willed us back into the game uh, against the Bucks, But... Uh, I just think against good teams that that style of basketball is just not sustainable at all. And it, it, you just have to think it wears him out. He just looked like he was dead tired yesterday. And I don't blame him. He, he should have been. Um, and, and I just think it it's, yeah, like right now with the situation, yeah, you have to live with it more. But I think just even just getting one guy like Garland in, just, I mean, just him, um, I, it seems like Colin would be back earlier, um, but even just, I mean, if they just got those two guys back, that we'll see a lot less of that from Drummond, and there'll be more uh, about kind of movement and at least being able to get Andre maybe some easier baskets, um, assisted baskets, is to me, is more so sustainable. Um, but I, again, again, give him credit for um doing what he does best in these past few games because the Cavs have needed it. And he's when he can kind of just go chest to chest, he's hard to stay out of, uh, keep out of the restricted area. But um, again, you just, you'd like to see him at times. The problem that I have is the secondary transition kind of just goes from Andre Drummond. It's just, or just a little bit head scratching. And the problem with him is, I mean, if he gets the line, okay, but is he going to, what's he going to do there? Um, for one and two, there's so many extra passes that Andre Drummond misses. And I, 
I, I give him credit for the effort the past few games, but for as long as he's played, you, you have to make more of those. And he just he'll make some Hollywood passes that occasionally, like he made a really good uh, cutting pass or pass to a cutting jetty yesterday, which which was so telegraphed. I don't know how it got there, but it did, and it did, and I, I give him credit for it, but. Um, yeah, right now, specifically, I'll give him more of a leash, but I just don't want to see it for much longer because it's just hard to watch. I was, I was going to say that, you know, it, it, he does miss some passes. He misses some, I'd say, rather obvious passes. And at the same time, he tries to make some really, really difficult passes that often don't work. Um, you mentioned the one to Jetty. Yeah, that worked. But there, there are so, I feel like he tries to make that kind of backdoor cut along, like to a guy along the baseline you know, getting to the rim way too often, and it just doesn't work. You know, just <sighs> I'm with you on that. It's 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 frustrating to watch sometimes. Just trying to force things a little bit, but again, you know, right now we can we can live with it. Yeah. Uh, get, getting to another guy, uh, we we mentioned him a couple times already, but Damian Dotson, who I on the year is shooting, I believe, yeah, he's shooting. 27.8% from three, uh, averaging eight points a game. I think, you know, yes, he's been he's been struggling to shoot the ball. Uh, in the game against the Grizzlies, he shot one for eight from three. Uh, last night, he shot two for seven. But I can't say that that has really been an indicator of the way he's played. Um, overall, I, I think he's still been very, very effective as a player. Um, and the fact that, you know, these shots are you have to assume going to fall. It doesn't look like there's anything mechanically different with his shot. He still looks like he's getting it up smooth, and he's still hitting some more difficult attempts. But, um, Mason, overall, how have you thought Damian Dotson has played? Do you think that this shooting is cause for concern? I really don't, but I'd be interested to hear what you have to say on it. Um, yeah, you know, overall, I think, you know, kind of like you alluded to, I have felt like when uh, Dotson has been on the floor, he's been, you know, more of a positive than a negative for the Cavs. And um, I really think that's just due to the fact uh, that he's he's really filled every role needed so far, I guess. I mean, you know, you, you, you know, he had to fill in at point guard because he was, you know, basically the only guy left who could do it. You know, yesterday he had eight. Uh, eight, I think it was eight assists on the game or something. So, you know, when he's on the floor, I think he's a positive. You know, the shooting, obviously it's a concern because, you know, when you get guys back like Colin Sexton and Darius Garland and potentially, you know, maybe eventually Kevin Porter Jr. or somebody, you know, other these more ball-dominant guys, I think you're going to need to see Damian Dotson go into more of an off, you know, off-ball guard type role and see maybe if he can become a better shooter. I think that that eventually could be something that would be a concern uh, just because you would like him to be able to hit, you know, open shots eventually. But my guess is that he will start hitting them just because, you know, we know that he can hit them. Even in the preseason, he was shooting pretty well, which I guess isn't really an indicator of anything because it seems like everybody on the Cavaliers was shooting well uh, in the preseason. But uh, I I don't think that there's really much need for concern about Damian Dotson at this point. I feel like he's been a fine player for the Cavs. And, I mean, we mentioned the shooting night that he had last night, but he, he did still have 21 points, shot 8 yeah. for 17 from the field overall. And you, you mentioned, you know, the the ability to hit open looks. 
Um, he hasn't been getting those open looks because, again, he's the only real ball handler when he's on the floor. He's playing next to JaVale McGee, Andre Drummond, and Thon Maker at the same time. Like, there's no spacing on the floor. Um, it just... The offense is... It's it's one of the worst in the league right now. Um, there's just not a lot of... There aren't a lot of creators. <laughs> and Damian Dotson is kind of... And I, I believe that Damian Dotson is semi-capable of doing that well. But, you know, he's one of the only guys they have right now. He's needing to take difficult shots. And I think you can see that the degree of difficulty on his shots are, are not what he's going to be getting when this team is healthy he's going to be probably you know more of a 15 to 17 minute a night guy who is just going to be able to fly around off ball you know screens like we thought he would be and and get those open looks so right now yeah I, I wouldn't say that there's any real reason to get concerned and I think he's proving that even if he is struggling to shoot the ball he's proving his value in other areas of the game which for a guy who's making two million dollars this season and next is really really huge dan how have you thought that damien has played as of late well i'm probably biased i'm probably more of a damien dotson i guess stan than a lot of people but i I really liked him on the knicks and last season i mean he got a lot of minutes cut into just because of the arrival of rj barrett um but I'm not really concerned about his shooting at all. Um, he's yet to make a pull-up three this year. On, but again, with the role he's had lately, um, it's not so. We're going to have these guys back in coming weeks, um, and I just think he'll be able to get way more open looks. And uh, he's he's not going to have that nearly that issue, I don't think. And on the plus side, he's shooting almost sixty-three percent on pull-up two. So. He's been able to get to his spots pretty well. It's just a matter of hitting those. And to me, I mean, he's shooting 38.5% on catch-and-shoot threes on a 41% frequency. So it's not like nothing is falling for him. And I just really like what he can do um, in a number of areas. As we kind of hit on the last podcast, I've been really – and I don't think it's just because of the added – kind of need for it. I, I really have been impressed with his passing ability. Uh, I just think if Andre Drummond could hit a couple other maybe bunnies, he the assist totals would be higher. But uh, I, I just really like what he can do in the pick and roll game. I think he has such good feel there. Um, and his defense, I, I've really, really, really been impressed with. And just really heady player, just gritty as hell. Um, and Larry Nance Jr., um, tweeted out that he thinks maybe like I don't know if this was about maybe like a nickname, but he said like heart and hustle about the Cavs. I feel like that has been Damian Dotson to a T, and uh, I just I just think fans will. I just think he's just a guy that kind of embodies what this team is all about. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I think, like you said, he's. He's, he's doing everything else well at that, you know, while it will be in a reduced role overall, when the, when the other guys come back and his role is kind of limited, he's going to be getting more open looks and he's, he's going to be fine. So you have to love what you're seeing from Damien right now. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. 
With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. I want to get to another guy who has had an increased on-ball responsibility, Jetty Osman. Uh, <laughs> we'll get into it again. Um, another, you know, one-for-eight shooting night last night. Um, and we're, we don't even have to talk about the shooting as much on this one because it's been, you know, good shooting, bad shooting, you know, all year. Uh, against the Grizzlies, it was four for 11. That's not too bad. It, it really just does kind of seem to be going from, from a good game to a bad game, and I... Are we going to get that the rest of the season? It might be. Um, but um, anyway, he's had to be running some point guard for this team. Uh, they just don't have guards. Um, with Damian Dotson being the primary point guard, I think Jetty has basically taken on the secondary you know, ball handler role right now. Mixed results, mixed bag. Um, I, again, I think he's, he's doing a okay job facilitating at times uh, he, he struggled a little bit last night had five turnovers to two assists but in that game against Memphis he did have seven assists um, Dan how have you thought Jetty has been playing through these past couple of games I, I think it's it's been a little bit rough and again you know I don't think we can be too hard on him just because this isn't the role that he's ever been asked to play but uh, just some general thoughts about Jetty Osmond yeah I, I you really hit the nail on the head his passing has looked good uh, just in this role, I, I can't. I got to give him a ton of slack. Um, there, there's just been such little spacing for him to to operate um, on ball. It's just I, I hate saying it. I, I probably am overly critical of Jetty to an extent, but the more you watch him play on the ball, like he just cannot get create any space off uh, like on the ball and even when he even when he gets pick and roll opportunities he just does not punish those bigs in those situations and you have to be able to do that and it's so frustrating because he's he's such an effort guy um really just seems like a really good guy and gives 100 percent on no matter what the circumstance And, and i don't ever blame him for that but it, the problem with Jetty, it just seems like if there's two shots that don't go down, his confidence as a shooter is just completely shot. And he's such a confidence guy, it just it, it just runs hot and cold. And, I, I mean, I, I understand I, this is probably being overly critical, but when you look at Jetty Osman, the net rating is, I mean, in this situation, is, in, is minus 9.4, which is, is not very good. And given the situation that we're in and, and the Cavs defense has been ridiculously competent, which we just would never have thought. Um, and, and Colin Sexton is, is a minus 4.4. So you, it's, it's a little bit subjective. I'm not going to completely groom for that, but when you watch the way he plays defense also on the other end of the floor and just the, we've nailed this down. The, I, I just, the lack of 
competence there even in just horrid in zone, off, absolutely horrendous in zone, and gets beat off the bounce in zone, which is shocking. I don't know how that can happen. And I, I give him a lot of credit for, for the passing, and, and that's that's continued to be a bright spot. But it's just the more you watch him play against starting competition, the, the more he is what he is. Yeah, and... <laughs> He is what he is, and when you, when you watch him in a role like this, uh, there was a play, I think it was earlier in the game against the Bucks, where he was kind of getting a little bit of pressure on you know in the backcourt. Oh, God, that um, was bringing so the ball bad the with floor. Drew Holiday. Oh, oh, God. Yes, yes. Oh, I want and to throw up. Like, it's, it's just Drew Holiday on him, and Drew Holiday is like... He's like half guard. Okay, so, so he, yeah, he's on the, okay, so he's on the sideline, oh. and there's, it's, it's Drew and Jetty. And, like, the rest of the floor is really pretty open. So, what does Jetty do? Instead of... And Drew Holiday cuts off the baseline. You would think that somebody would probably... You know, when you cut off the baseline, you'd probably go towards the middle of the floor, especially because there's nobody there. Jetty decides that his mind is made up. He is going to... He is going to go baseline, even though Drew Holiday is standing there, and there is nowhere to go... He immediately turns the ball over after trying to do so, and it ends up in an and one that really kind of at the time killed the momentum that the Cavaliers had. Uh, obviously, they bounced back. They did uh, like ten times throughout that game, but it is just it, it's it, it's rough right now. <laughs> it's it's rough right now. But um, Mason, how have you thought Jetty has been playing? Again, obviously, it's it's hard to be too you know, hard on Jetty just because he is put in a role that nobody can expect him to really succeed in. But uh, have you seen anything positive about him? Have you seen anything else that's a, a big negative that you haven't liked from him? Um, You know, I think you you guys kind of hit the, the nail on the head with the fact that um, I don't really think that, you know, it's really the best situation ever to have Jetty really being a primary ball handler. And I think that Really, the one thing that I guess I've taken away from uh, Jetty this season is that his best role is being a you know a guy who comes off the bench as a off-ball scorer. Because I mean, early in the year or, or earlier in the season, which I you know it's kind of weird because we were only like ten games in, but there 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 were some moments where you know Jetty Jetty played pretty good in sort of like a catch and shoot role, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, as you guys kind of pointed to, as soon as he gets more of an offensive burden, which, you know, he has had to take on because you have just so many guys out, uh, you know, offensive-minded guys like Garland, Sexton, Kevin Love. As soon as, you know, as soon as he has to take on that more of a, you know, just a bigger role offensively, it kind of starts to fall apart. So I guess, I guess really we're just seeing his limitations, but, you know, it it hasn't been all negative. Uh, There just hasn't really, I mean... That, I, I guess that that's kind of my main takeaway. It hasn't been all negative, hasn't been all positive, but, you know, I'm not going to bash on Jetty too much. It's hard to. I, again, he is, like everybody else, he is, you know, giving it a lot of effort out there. He's He's been a part of this culture nonetheless, you know, I mean, even with the defensive struggles, you know, it just like everyone else on this team, he is, you know, playing hard and is scrapping and, and, and doing some good things. Again, he he has been moving the ball well. Um, the shooting is hit or miss, but sometimes it hits. Overall, you know, just 
it's fun as always as it is with Jetty, or not so fun depending on how you look at it. But um, looking at some other players that have you know had some really some positive performances lately, Larry Nance has found his shot uh, against Memphis. Had you know four threes, made all of them. Was seven for seven from the field overall. Finished with eighteen points, three rebounds, four assists, three steals last night against the Bucks. Had seventeen points, uh, three rebounds, two assists, four steals, a block. Uh, shot three of six last night from three, six of eleven for the field. Um, overall, it seems like, and, and you know, getting a starting role, and even like as of last night again, when the Cavaliers' offense was so bogged down, and they're running three centers and him and Damian Dotson, it, it seemed like Larry was almost like a pretty reliable source of offense. Like again, you know, as the Cavaliers were just kind of scratching and clawing to stay in the game, Larry was there to hit some pretty big threes down the stretch. Um, and overall, it just seems like. It, it, or there, there was a time period there where you know obviously he wasn't making his threes and his confidence just really looked like it was it was pretty shot you know from outside. It seems like that has gone away now. Again, he took four against the Grizzlies. He took six last night against the Bucks, and he's starting to hit him. Uh, Mason, how have you thought that Larry Nance Jr. is looking? Um, I, I'd say overall that I think he's playing just with a lot more confidence, and you know he's doing everything else well as he usually does. Yeah, uh, I I definitely agree with you there. Uh, he he's just looked a lot more confident, uh, really, ever since taking over. Um, you know, in a starting role. Uh, I, I I think one of the biggest things that he has added is, I, at least I've seen that Larry has been a a pretty big positive uh, defensively. Obviously, the offense has been really good um, these past couple of games. You know. Uh, I think he had like 18 against the Grizzlies, 17 against Milwaukee, and then you know he he's always been a pretty decent facilitator. But I think that Larry's uh, step up defensively has been a big uh, help for the Cavaliers. He has been really good in terms of of steals. I think he's averaging like two steals a game or something, which is you know really important for the Cavaliers' uh, defense. But you know I think that just in terms of I guess reliability and performance on you know both offense and defense not even just these past two games but for really the bulk of the season I think Larry there's an argument to be made that he's been the Cavaliers uh best player um and part of that is due to the fact that he's had to take on a bigger role due to injuries but I would have to say that you know I think that Larry Nance has been a, a a really big positive both both offensively and defensively for this Cavaliers unit. I would completely agree. Uh, you talk about you know just his ability to to get steals. That's been part of the reason that the Cavaliers defense is a large reason really as to why their defense has been so good is just their ability to create turnovers. Um, Dan, when, when looking at a player like Larry, um, who you know has been so important for the defense. It seems like it's going to be hard to bring him off the bench when, you know, Kevin eventually comes back. Do you think that's still the plan? I mean, I think it is, but it almost seems like Larry has kind of earned his his starting spot in this lineup. Um, it's going to be hard to take it away from him. Would you agree with that? Ugh, I just think with Kevin Love, I, I see what you're saying, um, completely acknowledge it. But Larry, I mean, pumping the brakes a little bit, the percentages are definitely inflated from the past two games. I mean, he was shooting really like they they just were not close for the, I mean, most of the, this uh, season thus far. 
And I just think against good teams that are, I mean, against like Indiana really struggled. Uh, really against Atlanta was had his issues as well. Um, I, I just think with Ke- and I, I don't know what the the like the rank is, but it seems like the Cavs really have had a lot of issues with defensive rebounding to me. Um, and, and frankly, Nance uh, he's he's a good energy big, but not. Uh, just seems like he's had some issues with defensive rebounding to me. Um, just because, I mean, playing the four against real fours, it's it's kind of hard against starting fours. Uh, and I just think Love is such a kind of an under, almost like goes under the radar. Is his he's an elite defensive rebounder, one of the better in the league. He is, and I, I just think that kills the Cavs at times. And, and I just think with against good teams again. We know that love is is I mean injuries are a part of the the story I mean that's that's clear, but I, I just think with against for Colin Darius I think that love is is just invaluable his ability to pick and pop um, can provide a lot of the not nearly the passer Nance but he's a really good passer too for a big and I, I just think with Larry he can play in so many different like different ways. Um, really is proved viable at the three. I think he'll end up just playing in a variety of positions anyhow. I think he'll play 25, 20 minute, 26 minutes a night. So to me, I think he just goes back to the bench. And again, we'll, we'll the love trade rumors will always be there. We'll see as far as that. But um, I, I just I, I really don't know if Larry at the four. And the other issue is he he has injury issues kind of himself. And I don't believe has played over. I don't believe has played over on an eighty-two game scale over sixty-seven games in his career. So to me, I think he's just better off the bench. But really, just I'm with Mason. Has looked really, really good in other areas. But there's just kind of peaks and valleys as a shooter with him. That that's definitely the case. Yeah, um, I, I guess. I'm in agreement with you there as far as – I don't expect, but you know, really Kevin good to, spot to be coming have, off the bench. I mean, really good to have yeah, the pipeline. Yeah, terrific. I, I just think for his health, I, I against, like, big-bodied fours, I, I just – I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. But what I was going to say is, yeah – Having him as a spot starter is really, really a great role for him because on a team like this where Kevin Love is going to miss some time um, – even before this calf strain, you know, we knew that he was going to miss games. We knew he was going to rest a lot of games. Having Larry Nance there to fill in when he is in that in that spot, I think, is really, really, really a luxury to have um, overall. So, yeah, looking at some other players on this team, uh, what I want to talk about real quick is Dean Wade. Dean Wade kind of in the same spot has, as Larry Nance after kind of Having a cold stretch has has found his shot in these last couple of games. Uh, played, I think, covering about 15 minutes in the first 15. Yeah, played just under 15 minutes in both games. 12 minutes in the first, 15 in the second. But anyway, you know, getting some extended run in both of these games and really playing well. He's he's five for five from the field between these two games. Uh, three for three from three. Uh, you know, rebounding a little bit. Still, I think. You know, I think at this point we can say that, you know, the, the defense, I, I say this, you know, I, I don't mean it's an elite defender, but the defense with, with Dean Wade, I think, is a little, it's it's legit. I'll just say it. 
Um, I don't think he's a good defender, but I thought that there was going to be a risk that he was going to be a really, 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 really bad defender this year, and that's not the case. I still think he's moving his feet really well. Um, I don't think he's out of position too often. You know, I mean, it's it still happens. But um, overall, you know, we, we talk about kind of the same thing with Larry Nance to where he was just kind of struggling to find his shot, but doing some other things well. I think you can say the same thing for Dean Wade. And uh, finally getting a little bit of extended run. Uh, we've seen him out of position as well, and I think he's handled it all right. You know, we've seen a lot of Dean Wade at small forward, you know, just with this roster crunch. So I thought that Dean Wade has really looked very, very good. Uh, Mason, how have you thought Dean Wade has played? Um, yeah, I mean, I would have to agree with you. I think that especially in these last couple of games, uh, he has stepped up and, you know, filled in the role that he's had to, which obviously isn't a massive role. But, you know, again, like you said, you know, a big hope was that he just wouldn't be a disaster uh, when he was on the floor. And, you know, there were there were some games earlier. Uh, it, I think there were some preseason games, too, where it just looked like he wasn't confident really doing a ton of anything. But, you know, these last couple of games, he's hit a couple of shots. It seems like he's starting to get a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more, you know, confident on the floor. And, you know, if that can continue and he can be a nice little backup, you know, big for the Cavs, that'll always be a positive. And um, I, I I think that especially in moments like this where you're just so beaten down in terms of injury, it's good to have somebody like, uh, like Dean Wade if he's able to continue uh, at least building confidence and 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 you know hitting shots and again not being a a, a complete disaster <laughs> when he's on the court but um yeah you know I, I I have felt that that Dean Wade's been a a solid little you know off the bench type player for the Cavaliers Dan have you liked the Dean Wade performances that you've seen as of late yeah I Dean Wade is has looked confident um I, I would say more. Uh, I, and you kind of hit on it, um, Justin. I, his defense—that is—I've always been sold on that. Uh, I think he's a kind of like almost like a quasi pretty versatile defender. It seems um, not really a guy that you want against like really big bodied kind of two hundred and forty five pound plus guys, but. Uh, I think he really sits and slides well, at least positionally, really sound. Um, I think his closeouts have been excellent. Uh, just really plays under control. Uh, I, I don't th- not handsy, but his, he does seem to uh, have his hands out well. Um, I, don't, I don't say that in like a bad way. Uh, just seems heady on that end, and he's kind of an under rated athlete, I would say vertically, just kind of makes subtle plays, like just tips defensive rebounds out to to guys to kind of help seal possessions. Uh, And he he made a really, I hadn't seen this from really in a while. Um, He showed it in Canton some, but just made kind of like a sneaky little drive when he had, I think it was like DJ Augustine on him, just kind of big boyed him a little bit. Um, got to a nice floater there. That was good to see. I'd like to see that more from him um, because he, he can handle it a little bit if, if he gets kind of smalls on him. Um, uh, yeah, I've, I've really liked what I've seen from him. And it, it's it, even if the shots don't go, he's kind of an underrated passer as well. Um, just makes kind of subtle little plays. But um, if, if he just has confidence, uh, I think he's a guy that you can swing the ball to in the corner and make skip feeds to. 
And if he can hit those, he, he gives you a boost. But he, he can kind of silently does stuff in other ways, too. One last player I want to talk about here, uh, Isaac Okoro, who has played in both these games coming off of his own injury. Uh, he had played in one Magic game before that. But uh, against the Grizzlies, played well, uh, had eight points, a couple of rebounds, a couple of assists, uh, steal two blocks, one of which you know was that chase down block that originally got called a foul, got overturned. That was a, a really huge play from him again to seal the game. Uh, struggled against Milwaukee, uh, had a two-for-eight shooting night. Uh, you know, a couple of rebounds, one assist. Overall, you know, a, a little bit just quiet as a player, which I think, you know, it, that throughout the season and even the preseason, you know, he's it, it's been the same case to where he's not a loud player and he I, he never really has been, you know, on this team. But I, I'd still say he's still doing a lot of things right. Um, again, you know, the defense is what it is. We all know that that's you know, a good thing. He's still doing a lot of positive stuff on the defensive end. Um, again, you know, always knows how to be in the right position. Um, you know, hasn't been getting a ton of steals, but, you know, has been getting deflections a lot. Um, obviously, you know, coming up with, a, you know, really key defensive play like that block is huge. And just the instincts to, to get up there and get that and not foul and not have it be a goaltend either. You know, that's just something that you love to see. But I do think that, you know, again, talking about increased responsibilities on ball. We've seen him struggle with that a little bit. Um, I, I don't know if that's, again, it's not his role. You know, this isn't you know what we were expecting to see from Isaac is having him be the, I guess, third point guard behind, you know, Damian and Jetty. But I think he, he has struggled a little bit with that. You know, I don't think that that's a cause for concern just because, again, we, we don't, this isn't what we were expecting to, to you know, see Isaac Okoro excel in right away and we're not. Would you agree with that, Dan? Yeah, I think he's had a good game against Memphis, kind of took advantage of the opportunities he had, um, had a had a rough game against Milwaukee. Um, I think he shot like maybe over f- two for eight. I think he was like oh four or five from the line. Just I mean, and those, oh, he was oh four as those well. Those misses yeah. were like awful. Like they, they barely hit the rim. Um, just seemed like he, with him, it's it, you just need to see the confidence grow gradually. I think he'll be fine. Um, defensively, did uh, I, did a nice job on Chris Middleton when he when he had the opportunities, and he conversely with Jetty does a really nice job in zone. Um, just gets really finds a way to get deflections. He covers a lot of ground. Um, kind of takes just kind of almost baits teams to throw skip feeds, and they just don't get there. Um, just a really active defender still, even so. Um, and I think it was Angel Gray that kind of said, like, there's not really play calls for him. They just kind of, like, his plays, he just kind of gets it and goes coast to coast. Um, I, I really would like to see them kind of get him going more off the ball, um, set him some kind of, um, get him in kind of cross screens, get him occasionally maybe an Iverson screen here, here or there, just allow him to kind of get like a, kind of like a mid-post-up opportunity. I mean, not just catch-and-shoot stuff. Um, I, I'd like to see him kind of be able to take some runners at times. Um, we haven't really seen that much. Uh, I, I think that's something to look to in, in coming games, but he'll figure it out. He'll be he'll be just fine. And that that play against Memphis was just was something else. The only, only critique I have is, I, I think, um, Fratello said on the telecast, basically, you have liked to have seen him not even have a question about a foul, 
Um, they didn't call one, but you'd like to see him on that chase down, kind of bring it with his left hand over to make sure contact isn't going to be called. But um, just really just knows how to play. And defensively, he's just he's just a playmaker. Yeah. Um, Mason, anything else to add on, on Isaac? Um, no, I think I think Dan hit on a lot of it. The one thing that I um, have noticed outside of his defense, obviously, uh, you know, I think that much like much like Dan just said, you know, I think a lot of his offensive struggles have just been in terms of confidence. You know, he, he I, I, I thought that there have been a couple of times where he's done a good job penetrating, getting into the paint and then, you know, just the floaters or layups. They just don't go uh, right now. He's just had some pretty easy misses, but, you know, eventually he's going to hit that, especially if the Cavs, you know, remain committed to trying to get him go uh, offensively. But. Yeah, he he's been a good defender, and you know that's why they drafted him. So you know, I, I've I've been I've been pretty happy with Isaac Okoro uh, to this point, at least. Well, overall, I think we can say that you know JB Bickerstaff has had this team, you know, despite everything that's been going on with this team, playing really, really, really good basketball. You know, even with you know the injury, to, with Giannis not playing. It, a John Beeline team would not have been in that game against the Bucks. Um, you just see some of the stuff that we're doing, you know, now compared to then. It's just it's night and day, really. Um, doing not afraid to really take some risks and experiment, even now. You know, and before you know the injuries were really piling up. You know, we've seen this team running a, quite a bit of zone. You know, that's not really something that I mean. You know, a couple of teams have done it in the past. You know. The Raptors have, you know, done it quite a bit. Uh, Miami has really kind of popularized the 2-3 zone as of late. But the Cavaliers are really kind of embracing it and, you know, running it a lot. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if there's a team right now that, that runs it with more frequency than the Cavs. Um, just not being afraid to, to really roll out some weird lineups, you know, with <laughs> not just, you know, these you know big bigs out of necessity lineups, but you know running with Larry Nance at the three, with Dean Wade at the three, even when this team is healthy, uh, and I still don't think that the Cavaliers are going to win enough games to really put him in the conversation. But Mason, I'll ask you: Does JB Bickerstaff have any shot at Coach of the Year right now? Um, I mean, I th- I don't think they're going to win enough games for him to to really get any real consideration, but. I think that he's definitely doing a really good job and you know like you said definitely we are in a better spot now than we would be if we still had John Beeline uh running the show you know that wouldn't have been a 10 point loss to Milwaukee it would have been like a 35 point loss but you know <clears throat> if the Cavs are able to continue growing and obviously you know if 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 some of our guys get healthy get back and if for some reason they're able to continue the success defensively and maybe improve offensively and win some games, maybe compete, uh, for, you know, get trying to get towards a little bit higher up in the East, not a bottom, you know, absolute bottom seed, maybe there would be a, a, a case for it. But I think that in order for him to be coach of the year, uh, a lot of, I guess a lot of, a lot more winning would have to happen. And um, I just don't I don't think it's going to be the case, but I definitely think that the Cavs are in, are, are in good hands uh, in trusting J.B. Bickerstaff. And, you know, that's a good thing for the team and, and for the Cavaliers future. Completely agree with you there. Dan, do you think that J.B. has any shot right now at winning it? 
Nah, I, I just I don't think the Cavs I, I, are going to be in that conversation. I'm with Mason, uh, but uh, just really has honestly exceeded expectations at this point. Um, even with some of the opponents playing into it, sure, but just just game to game, um, the what this team has shown, um, it's it just speaks to what he's been able to do, and and just that he's he's just. A their leader going forward, it seems. Yeah, completely agree. Um, one more thing I do just want to do before we get out of here. Um, there's been a lot of talk about expansion with the league. Um, obviously, teams like or, or cities like Seattle being rumored as you know a favorite for expansion, and a- Adam Silver just coming out and saying that you know it is it's it's pretty much inevitable at this point that you know we're we're going to see it probably sooner rather than later even. But um, obviously with expansion comes an expansion draft. How that works is, you know, each team has the ability to protect eight players on their roster, and then the rest of them go into the expansion draft pool. If it's only two teams, those two teams fill the roster, I think, up to maybe 13 players. If I'm thinking of that correctly, I don't know exactly. But um, either way, the Cavaliers, in the event of expansion, would be able to protect eight players, um... I think, you know, the eight players that they would protect, at least in my eyes, were pretty clear. But I'm interested to hear if any of you guys have anyone different. And there's one guy that was probably not, but still potentially on the cusp for me. Um, Dan, I'll go to you first. If you had the ability to protect eight players on this team, who would you protect? Um, I'll go with Sexton, DG, um, KPJ, Nance Jr., uh, Coro, Love, um, I guess Dre, and then I, I'm actually going to go with Damian Dotson, believe it or not. You're going to go with Damian Dotson as one of the players you would Yeah, I, I just, I love everything he brings. I, I think he just is a, a guy that can just fit fit in in so many different lineups. Um, I We haven't necessarily seen that yet with the other guys involved, but I just think him and Porter will be able to complement each other so well um, looking onward in the season. And I I just think he's a a really good defender, um, what he's been able to show. Uh, I I think he's a guy we'll we'll really see it more off the ball. Um, Just is that kind of really good off-movement shooter that this team off the bench, Just I, I just think it'll be invaluable. And I really like that he can be kind of a tertiary playmaker, um, good PNR player, um, defends that generally pretty well. Um, also, and I just think those guys we will be able to see. Um, I think the more he plays, I think Okoro will be a really key guy in closing time. Um, and with Porter, we don't again. We'll have to see as far as when he if when he's back uh, or when the timetable is, but we know what the potential is there. Um, that's pretty clear. And I, I just think sex land is, is obvious. And I guess with Drummond, I, I guess I, I have to just because of what he's shown thus far, but that doesn't necessarily mean I, I want Drummond around for the next five years. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be but that it's, again. It's just, you know, who would you be protecting right now? Um, but I'm, I had everybody on that list except for one. Uh, Mason, before we get into it, I want to hear what your list is. Yeah, my, mine's really similar to Dan's. Um, 
I think Sexton, Garland, uh, Okoro, and Nance Jr. are, are pretty much no-brainers. Um, Kevin Porter Jr. I also would still like to keep. Uh, Andre Drummond, another guy I think would be good, as well as Kevin Love. Uh, and then my one difference, I still Dylan. would like to keep Jetty. Mm. Uh, that, wow, that's okay. I know. A little odd. It's a little out there, but I think that Jetty can still be a good player uh, in terms of a in a bench role. Um, and yeah, that's my that's my one difference. <laughs> so uh, yeah, my my eight were um, Sexton, Garland, Okoro, Nance Jr., Kevin Porter, Andre Drummond, Kevin Love, and Jetty Osman. Well, that's interesting. I, I expected us to have pretty much the same lists. Uh, I, I thought that some of us would be the same. Uh, all of us had one player different. Um, Dan, you had Damian oh, Dotson. Oh, you're going to do it. Um, <laughs> oh, I, uh, we'll see. We'll see. But um, you had Damian Dotson. Uh, Mason, you had uh, Jetty Osman. I had Sexton Garland, Okoro, KPJ, Nance Drummond, and Love. And then I had Dylan Winley oh, in there okay. still. I thought you were going to go I, with do you think I was going to I do Dante Exum or Dean Wade? I was pretty certain on that one. Oh, no. I, I, I really I thought hard, hard about Dylan Windler, though. Like, I did, I was, too. I was surprised to see that both of you guys left Dylan off. I thought that he was kind of another no-brainer for me. Like, I thought if I were going to, like, and I, I wouldn't, to make it perfectly clear, but if I were to leave anybody off of this list, it would have been Kevin Love. Yeah. Purely because I don't know if the other team is even going to want him because of salary reasons. Yeah. And two, is it really the worst thing in the world if I lose that salary? Like, yes, it would suck. Like, obviously, I think Kevin Love still has positive value for this team. But I think I, I thought that Dylan Windler was like a clear keeper. My my only issue, and this was the only issue I had with with uh, Dylan Windler, because I, I mean, my last spot really could go you know either way with with Jetty or Dylan. The only issue I had with Dylan Windler. Um, I guess would be injury concerns just because we haven't seen a ton of him yet. And, you know, that's another reason why (laughs) there's no way I would have taken Dante Exum injury issues. But, you know, Jetty Osmond's a guy who I think I guess would you would have to say is a little bit more reliable in terms of injury. But I mean, Dylan Windler's right there. I mean, if, if the expansion draft were to, you know, if it were a real scenario right now and and, you know, you're eight were the eight that they ended up, you know, protecting. I would not be upset about that. Uh, you know, I, I I think that, it you know, Dylan Windler would be a, a fine player to protect as well. And if you're, if you're looking at just purely from an availability standpoint, Jetty is clearly the guy. Yeah. But I, I still believe in the ex- the upside of Windler, and I, I do believe that there will come a time when he will be able to play. I don't think – I think that this has really just been a stroke of bad luck. I don't think it's anything that will, you know, continue – um, Dan, what went into the thought process with you between picking between a guy like Windler and Dotson? Yeah, it's just the lack of ability, availability thus far. Um, he's played nine minutes, so um, that, that's that's all it was. And, and I'm he's another one that I, I mean, I'm probably have higher expectations than a lot of people do. I just think he can contribute in so many different ways. And just saying it's just shooting is just honestly just lazy. Um, he's a really, really crafty finisher, um, can handle it. And I just think defensively, he just has really good feel. Um, and the rebounding is not like, that's not, it wasn't just because of the, he was playing it in the OAC. I mean, he's just got really good timing in that regard. And 
actually, like, it, Belmont, he actually was kind of a lob threat, too. And I, I just think with him, they just have to find a way. I, I, I understand that it's not, he's not going to be a guy that looks like Isaac Okoro, but he, he does need to get thicker. They need to find a way to have that be a, a sustained thing for him. But, yeah, he's, it, it's kind of splitting hairs between him and Dotson and, and maybe even Jetty, but with Jetty, I, I just I, I'd rather not deal with the roller coaster ride. That's just my opinion. Yeah, if I if for me, if I could pick a second if I if I were to say who's the first guy that I left off, it was probably Dotson for me and then Jetty. But um I understand, you know, both of their cases at the same time. You know, Jetty has been important and he has been available a lot. So okay. Overall, yeah, I, I I think that there's a case to be made for any of them, but I personally would go with Windler. Um, before we get out of here, guys, the Cavs have the Grizzlies and Jazz coming up here. I believe both of these games are on the road, if I'm not mistaken. Um, obviously, the Cavaliers just beat the Grizzlies. I believe they're still going to be without Jaron and John. You mean at home? Um, yeah, yeah. Wait, what did I say? On the road. But I just just oh. didn't know if you. No, never yeah, mind. yeah. I knew, I Either way, you, you, you know what I mean. You know what I meant. But anyway, probably still going to be without both Jaron and Ja in that game. Um, the Jazz, we'll see. You know, that's still a little bit of a ways out, but I expect them to be pretty much fully healthy. Mason, how do you think this week is going to go for the Cavaliers? Are they going to win both these games? They're going to get one. They're going to lose both. Um, I mean, I think I could. You know, I I think I could see them winning probably the Grizzlies game again. Not as sure about the Jazz, just because, as you said, the Jazz are um, a little bit more healthy than the Grizzlies right now. But I definitely think that they could uh, get the Grizzlies game. We're just gonna just gonna have to you know wait and see. But I'm sure they'll come out with a good effort as they have done pretty much this whole season, and um, they'll be competitive. Dan, how are you feeling about this week? Yeah, I, I think the uh, I think the Grizz will be a win, um, but yeah, I just I, I don't love the matchup against Utah. I just I just think they're just gonna I don't know what it is. I just feel like they're just gonna scorch the Nets um, in that one. Uh, but I I think the Cavs looking at the week. I mean, I, I think they'll do pretty well. Um, we'll, we'll save that for later, but. Um, Again, I just this this team has really exceeded expectations to this point to me. Yeah, I think I think they probably end up getting the win against the Grizzlies. I think Colin Sexton is probably back for that game again. We'll have to see. Um, what is the exact timetable for Garland right now? He's well, got to be getting close, right? Well, it said on Wednesday from the team update that he could miss up to a week. That was on Wednesday, so I would think. I don't know clearly, but uh, it, it seems that um, I would think that there's a good maybe he could be back before, but I would think the game, the Knicks game on Friday, is probably pretty fair. I would think they'd want those extra two full days for him instead of come back in that back to back. That's probably fair, but it, it, I'll say if they can get Sexton back, yeah. I, I'll definitely say they can beat the Grizzlies. Um, if not, that gets a little bit more interesting just because of, again, you know, how long can you keep, can you keep going with this lineup that they're putting out? But, um, like, I think with the Jazz, Rudy Gobert will probably give Andre Drummond some problems, you know, trying to finish around the rim. Um, overall, you know, 
having guys trying to drive on him is going to be a problem. They're going to. That's where I think having a guy like Garland who can kind of finish around people instead of trying to go right in, into things like kind of Sexton does. I think that would be really really nice. I still think I, I still think though at the end of the day the Jazz probably end up getting that game. But uh, anything else from either of you before we get out of here? No, that's it. Uh, go Browns and go Bucks. Yeah, we'll see what the Browns can do tonight. Um, other than that, yeah, thank you all for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed listening, subscribe. There will be another episode coming probably Thursday. Uh, there's a bunch of other episodes at this point. I think this is the 50th episode, so you have 49 others to listen to if you haven't already. Uh, leave a rating, leave a review, and uh, we will see you next and time. Next Bye. time is the uh, 51st, 51st episode, just like the uh, Cavs' 51st season. That'll be a very, very special episode. <laughs> so you, you better listen. You have to now. I mean, <laughs> all signs are pointing towards it. So thanks again for listening, and uh, we will see you then. Bye. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.